Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello and welcome back. There is no quote this week because <laughs> we are uncharted. Why not? I'm here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my very dear friend Amber. And we are the Road to Tarvalon, a Wheel of Time podcast. Today, I hope you're ready for some interesting topics that we've got going on. Um, this will be a little bit more like freeformed as our Uncharted episodes go. And I'm yeah. feeling good. Last week was tear. I felt like I learned a lot. That was cool. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I in particular enjoyed the uh, wardrobes, as I so often do. And yes. the inspirations for them. And the fact that they're just really varied in a city like Tyr. But that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I wanted to talk about was some of my favorite moments regarding like everything leading up to the television series. And I think yeah. I had mentioned it on the YouTube video too, just how I almost, I felt like the hype at that point was just so high mm -hmm. that there was more to kind of like there was more joy in all of the hype I feel like than once the show actually aired because then I felt like yeah. everything had like settled uh -huh. a little bit I felt like the emotion around it like you can only yeah. hold that level of intensity for a certain amount of time and I mean I cried watching the trailer and not that it takes a lot to make me cry or anything but there were so many things about the trailer that just hit me so right as far as like somebody who really loved the series and was excited to see it flipped into a tv show and then every little thing that came out that was like snippets of winter night and getting super excited realizing that we were going to get to see the attack on the village and not just Rand's experience at the at the farm or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. there were so many expectations that looked like they were going to get met. And sometimes it felt like. Yeah, there's down. that there's that worry where mm -hmm. our for viewers, you know, and book readers are my expectations. Like, how different is it going to be from what I imagined in yeah. my own head? And I think that's the hardest thing, I think, for some people to kind of, like, get around. I'm one of them, but there were still moments that I was like, yes. Like, you know, on the edge of my seat, really excited. Yeah. The trailer yeah. in particular was the moment where I had, like, lost myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where I was like, yes. <gasps> It looks so pretty. The actors mm -hmm. look so good. The acting looks amazing. And mm -hmm. there were some, I mean, questionable moments where it was like that Egwene coming out of the pond. The water. 
the water not pond sorry <laughs> the pond with many colors and when you're watching pond. the ep yeah the episode and that didn't happen you're like wait where's the Where beautiful Egwene moment that You've everyone used as a thumbnail <laughs> <laughs> everyone yeah uh, except us we yeah we did one. not we did not there there was just That's so much like lost. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, like all of the hype on social media as well, like mm -hmm. every discord I belong to was just going nuts. And even like the, the Wheel of Time official Twitter, tweeter, everyone calls them the tweeter of chaos. Like <laughs> it, it was just so much fun. And then I mean, even... There were really cool things too. Like a lot of people were pushing for accessibility before the mm -hmm. show came out. And mm -hmm. even the Twitter of Chaos like got on board and was just like alt texting everything, all of these scenes and doing the trailer. And like it was this big moment where it's like I feel like a lot of people like did a lot of good and a lot of mm -hmm. good things happened all in this kind of like quick moment of time before the show happened. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if the battle of opinions that happened ahead of the show were just really emotionally draining for some people as well. Like you said, I feel like there's a lot it of It was for me. It was for yeah. me. Like I need – sometimes I have to take little social media breaks because – there are people that are so negative and then there are people that are just talking about the negativity. So it's like, I didn't mm -hmm. see a lot because my, who I follow and everything on Twitter, like I usually keep it a little bit smaller because sometimes you don't want to get lost in kind of like the wormhole of Twitter. Yeah. But it was seeing a lot of people complaining about other people saying things but I wasn't actually seeing a lot of the hate myself mm -hmm. so it was like this yeah. is a lot this is a lot secondhand hate yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but that's I mean that's one of the like that's one of the moments I don't want to talk about because it would focus on like all of the good and well and I I think that's the other part of it is like in order to be able to do that you still have to have the energy to put into being positive and so I feel like those like people like championing for that part like they were probably a bit tired by the time the show aired as well you know like the both yeah. sides of the conversation yeah. like and I want to make this clear I'm not talking about people who voiced opinions about like oh like this part wasn't for me or I didn't enjoy this moment or this mm -hmm. idea because Opinions are completely valid, but I'm talking yeah, about people it. that are like, yeah, critique away. I'm talking yeah. about like really like hateful, hurtful negativity. Yeah. yeah. And that that is unnecessary. Stop that. No one needs that. <laughs> bad baby, bad. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just go sit in a corner. Think about what you've done for a minute. I, I think that's – I feel a little frustrated at the number of things that have been, like, just almost an instant shutdown because it wasn't exactly what they wanted it to be. And 
I just don't feel as though Robert Jordan would appreciate that. And I mean, actually, one of the things that I kind of want to talk about at some point is potentially unpopular opinions regarding the Wheel of Time and Robert Jordan. Oh, let's let's go. Okay, <laughs> I'm so in. <laughs> one of one of the things that I kept kind of like running across was people talking about how like fans of the Wheel of Time really are like, oh, it's just the best series. You should love it. Everyone loves it. And then you have the people who are like, well, I don't understand why it was so great. I just finished reading it. And I think that it misses here, here, and here. And these are the problems with it and whatever. And one of the things that I'm wondering about, and this is where I feel like the TV show is really valuable, is, and I mean, this actually is great for you too. What is the difference between reading it now 30 years after it was originally started. Like, there have been so many changes. What Robert Jordan may have thought was, like, empowering or revolutionary and was in the early 90s, not necessarily so much in 2020s. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I would say absolutely. I mean, everyone has their ideals and morals right and I feel like as Mm -hmm. time goes on things get a little bit more progressive and sure I'm I mean I think there's probably a group of people who think like the wheel of time is perfect like don't Mm -hmm. change anything and there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that like if you're like a purist and you're like this book like changed my life and I don't want anything changed and they're not thinking about it in the context of 2022 you know what mm-hmm. I mean because you don't mm-hmm. have to like people you can read whatever they want for whatever reason they want mm-hmm. but for me personally there are things where I'm kind of like you know like for its time it was cool but we're gonna go back to new spring um, my favorite yeah like <laughs> new spring is essentially I really want to call it a love story between Moraine and Suan. And even though it's not explicit, explicit, like in your face on the page, like them kissing like they are on the TV show. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are very clearly in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. for its time, like, yeah, like that, there's more than just a hint to it in New Spring. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. that if you strip the book down to its bare bones it's their relationship coming to an end and then what they have to do to move on and navigate this new spring this new world that they're living in after their relationship is stripped away from each other Mm -hmm. and of course like we're meeting Lan and we're getting backstory and it's the beginning of this great adventure. Mm-hmm. But these are two people that care about each other, like mm. lovingly, and mm-hmm. they have to separate for their own, for each other's safety, for their own safety, so their secret mm-hmm. isn't found out, and for their yeah. plan to work because they are both mm-hmm. dedicated to the same thing, but they just can't do it together. 
Otherwise, mm-hmm. it will ruin, you know, the whole, the whole adventure, the whole point of finding the dragon reborn. So, like, it's it's a tragedy, and it's mm-hmm. also a love story, and it's also the beginning of the Black Aja, and like all of these things kind of like mingling together. But had New Spring been written? in our time, like in, in mm-hmm. this year, would it make more sense to put more emphasis on Moraine and Swan's relationship? Is it possible that Robert Jordan didn't make it explicit because he didn't want to offend anyone and make it more palatable for people who, who would, where that would just be too much? You know, I'm like thinking of like clutching pearls, like little <laughs> southern women and you know Heavens the carolinas you know yeah. like it's you don't want to i mean that is his roots that right are like, his roots i think my grandma yeah. was just really terrible <laughs> i do and i it, have a i have a thought on that though that perhaps it's more the fact that the principal part of their relationship is not the intimate or like the physical part of it did I say that twice? Well, no, I get I get exactly what you're saying. Like they, yeah. it's an emotional bond, and you don't but have I... to focus on the physical part of the relationship for it to be just as meaningful. Yes, and I also think that the other aspect of it is that, regardless of gender, loving, caring relationships come down to the same thing of taking care of each other, of putting each other first, of communicating, of being willing to go through the ups and downs and sacrifices that happen. And I think Moraine and Swan do a really incredible job of that, considering that they are mm-hmm. young women with this huge like yeah, revelation that's... and prophecy hanging over them. And they, they feel like they have to basically – face it alone, knowing about it together, but not being able to talk about it. Like, how terrible. Yeah, and I think that's almost something that the TV show, like, almost, just, like, almost missed out on. Like, mm-hmm. they gave us the physical part of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there was emotional moments, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. So we can see how affected they are when they're pulled apart. But at yeah. the same time... I would have enjoyed just as much of them showing like their love for each other in the way that they do in New Spring. But I think that's just because like in my idea, in my mind's eye, like I see things from that book visually in my head, like a different way than others might. So it's like, yeah, it's they gave us the same kind of feeling just Mm -hmm. in a different way, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. I think so. Yeah. And then for Maureen to, I mean, seriously go from one heartbreak to another, like the emotional trauma by the end of New Spring that she's been through, I'd say is fairly intense. And I don't want to say that, like, in some ways I'm like, lands the rebound, but he's not because he's her her warder so it's different 
And at the same time, I feel as though... In book context, though, I feel like you're right because, like, it, her and Swan's relationship isn't shown to be, like, sexual. So, like, Lamb yeah. coming in, it kind of fills this void as much as I hate saying that, you know? But the water but bond is something, like... It's fortifying for both right. of them. And at the moment, I think there is value in seeing two broken people come together with basically the same purpose because what they're facing alone is really hard and private. But to be able to face it together, and I mean, let's face it, Lan and Moraine have all of these crazy things that mm-hmm. they have access to because of who they are when they let people know who they are. And I like that about them. Like, they have power of their own that they can use in specific situations. So it makes sense for them to be together in the way that they are. But it almost yeah. is like... But she finds another ally in this. Like, she... Exactly. She's, yeah. Her and Swan are still completely dedicated to the same cause. She's just picked yep. someone up who is also mm-hmm. in lockstep with her and like mm-hmm. we're going to fight the side of the shadow. We're going to find the dragon reborn. Are you in? Like I need mm-hmm. someone on this mission with me. I don't think she could have done it alone. There's no mm-hmm. way. No. And Lan like you said kind of like comes into the story and fills that role in a very needed, necessary way. Yeah. He's not going to pester her to tell yeah. him. I mean. <laughs> I'm thinking about the relationship. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you can I guess what tell, I'm like, when my like... voice gets really high pitched. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I entirely agree with you. I'm mostly thinking, like, Swan feels like the kind of, not Swan, Moraine feels like the kind of person who needs some quiet to process everything that she's going through and has gone through. And I feel Mm -hmm. as though Lan is a really good companion for that because he'll be there to listen when she's ready and he's not going to push her until she is. Yeah, yeah. Because they can, like, agreed like feel each other's emotions like that's got to be really helpful in a situation where you know like you can comprehend each other's trauma Mm -hmm. you know so I feel like they're a really really good pairing there's no there's no jealousy in Mm -hmm. the land swan moraine trio no Mm -mm. and I think that's a really valuable thing to see that a relationship can be intimate without being physical and yeah and it's it's like harder for us too to like conceptualize because like mm-hmm. we're such a monogamous culture mm-hmm. where in the wheel of time world it's like warders are a thing like people have mm-hmm. warders so like for mm-hmm. them it's probably just like oh like almost well you know a little bit more natural I guess mm-hmm. and yeah it's more acceptable so like I don't think it would, you know, it would hurt Swan as much as, like, you think that it could, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm sure there's, like, disappointment and loneliness and loss, but I don't think she's, like, that fucking land guy, like, <laughs> don't you no. ever show your face around here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, no, and I really appreciate the way that, like, when Land's leaving Moraine as she's off to visit Swan, and he's, like, tell Swan I said hello or give her my best or something or whatever it is that he says in that moment. And it's just like, there's natural. <laughs> yeah. It's camaraderie and mm-hmm. support and I get you. And that's yeah. so, that's so valuable. Like it's really hard to, <laughs> it's really hard to make it on your own. And sometimes mm-hmm. even two people can be really difficult it doesn't hurt to have, you know, multiple people who get you, who support you. And I think that this is a really great example of what what that can look like. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I think they've done well, personal opinion. Were there any moments that you feel like you need to talk about? Like, as we were far talking as, like, about unpopular opinions and stuff go. Well, okay, so... I really didn't think about unpopular opinions until you started. Like we had. Some oh discussion well, what was it? What, what's the topic then? Sorry. That was that was just my question. Was like if the the topics are or if the unpopular opinion is reflected in the time when you read it. That was my question, because there were things like there isn't enough representation especially for the LGBTQ community um, and things along those lines. But I don't think that Robert Jordan was thinking about any of those things when he was writing. Yeah. I I mean, the Wheel of Time is so gendered. Like, it really, it is. really is. And, yeah, like... It's also kind of the base of the magic system. So it's like Robert Jordan kind of wrote himself in a hole in that sense where like it's so like black and white. And Mm -hmm. there are ways that you can kind of like maybe adapt that. Mm -hmm. But for the purists out there, they're just not going to like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if that gendered magic system is, like, your favorite part of the books and you think, like, that is just super cool, like, anything mm-hmm. that they try and do to kind of, like, update it, mm-hmm. some people it's are just upset. not going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just – it is what it is. But there's also the – the small way to get around it is, like, your soul in these books – is always the gender that it feels it should be, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're, like, we're talking about, like, Halima or whatever, like, if you're a man in a woman's body, like, you will channel Sidar. Or Sidine. Sidar. Sidine, yeah. (laughs) Sidine. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, there's, there's that aspect. But it's, like, it's really hard to kind of, like, pick apart and remake and do with that Mm -hmm. so I like I don't Mm want to touch on that too much because it's something that I really would have to kind of like think about 
mm-hmm. fully, mm-hmm. you know, especially mm-hmm. like I don't want to put my foot in my mouth either. Like, yes. It's, no, I agree. It's a more sensitive topic, I think, than I can like deal, like think about clearly in this moment. Mm-hmm. We can but, save it for another time. Yeah. I mean, like I just read a book and the entire book, I assume the protagonist is a woman. Because I'm a woman. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm reading this, and the name is a very, like, non-gendered name. So it could mm-hmm. be male or female. And I just, without a doubt, without ever questioning it, the first time they show up on a page, I'm like, oh, this is a woman. Mm-hmm. And I watch someone review it, and they're like, and the protagonist, he. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Did I miss <laughs> something here? And I went back mm-hmm. and, like, flipped through the pages there's no there's no mention of he or she or her or his it's just mm-hmm. jamie the entire time and i'm like mm-hmm. i like that like i think mm-hmm. that is a very cool like a very cool concept even if it wasn't intentional mm-hmm. right but with the wheel of time like does it really matter some characters like if they're not a channeler Mm-hmm. Does gender matter at all, really? I mean, does it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, it's a fairly it's a fairly large topic, and I I'm with you. I would just rather like have time to think about it than like say something foolish. Yeah, which I might. I'm thinking of like un like <laughs> I don't know like popular criticisms of the books and mm-hmm. the show. I think Elaine gets a lot of hate. I love Elaine. Yes. So I think I noticed that's that. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of hate for Elaine. Egwene gets a lot of hate, which mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know though. I, I love Elaine. I would hang out with her any day mm-hmm. of the week. I bet she's mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She likes baths. I like baths. I, I like baths. I'd hang out with her. Take a bath. <laughs> Why not? You know? I think the things that I saw, like there was like hate for Perrin and whatnot and for the storyline with Fael. And at this point, I'm like, are these... Like, I wanted something that I hadn't seen. I hadn't, like, really heard or explored. And I think the <laughs> one that, like, hit me really... Okay, there were two. So one is that the Aiel are racist and... What was the other word that they used? You know, I took a picture of it. Um, but just like they decided that all Kyrie and are like absolutely terrible because one tree killers. Person, <laughs> yeah, all of them are tree killers. There are no redeeming qualities for them. And then we have like just this absolutely terrible response from the Aiel towards the Kyrianin, even though they had been buddies for like centuries. So <laughs> how quickly things change when you cut down. Yeah. A tree. Yeah. And like, I think the other thing, Oh, it was, uh, 
that they tend to be oath breakers. Like the history yeah. that that has come with them and then what happens after prophecy fulfillment happens and there's another fracture that causes more oath breaking. And so I think that was, I wish I could remember the person's name. It was just something on the internet. I well, I mean, they're around. not wrong. Like they're not wrong. The, in that instance, like, yeah, the Aiel, like they can't look past someone's nationality. So what would you call that? Like, yeah, I had not really ever thought about it that way before. Well, it's kind and of how... the same thing where, like, people really celebrate, like, the Malkir people, like, Malkiri uh -huh. people. Their customs are just, like, wackadoodle so weird. sometimes. So weird. <laughs> so weird. So and, like, when weird. you look at those customs, like, I'm thinking of... What is her name? The Lady Edith. Is it Edith? Uh, was it Land's Lover? Yeah, the Land's like first. Yeah, and she had his hair mm -hmm. in like a box. Didn't she and say something about how like she conditioned it and took care of it? And... Yes. And like she. That's weird. Because of that encounter that they had for his uh -huh. first time like uh -huh. somehow that puts her in a role of importance in his life mm -hmm. and he like can't for the rest like... of their lives for both yeah. of them yeah and it's like okay like that's a little creepy and i don't like it <laughs> but again like people are like yeah, Malkir, the biggest, like, <laughs> badasses ever. But, like, every culture in the Wheel of Time has some, like, strange quirks about them. Yeah, and perceptions of others. True, true. And I think, like, that, I mean, that happens everywhere. Like, mm -hmm. Americans have stereotypes about Canadians. Mm -hmm. You know, Europeans have stereotypes about Americans. Like, it, mm -hmm. there's not any... Mm -mm. nation i feel like out there in our world that doesn't kind of like carry that same mm -hmm. like oh these people are like this type yeah. of mentality mm -hmm. no matter how harmless it is like oh like canadians are nice people <laughs> you know <Right. laughs> oh no be careful you know don't let your guard down maybe they're not all nice <laughs> There goes that our Canadian just... viewership. <laughs> listeners. I was going to say, I'm, I, it could just be me, super jaded, a <laughs> little bit of cynicism tossed in there. Don't trust yeah. anyone. Speaking of listenerships, like everyone mm -hmm. who goes out and rates us on whatever mm -hmm. platform they listen to, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts and all of those, like, Thank you so much. It really makes a big difference for us. Like, yeah. if you're looking for a little way to help out and support us, like, that's what I would recommend because, man, and you guys have, like, the coolest and nicest things to say. So thank you. So thank true. You. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a nice little transition. <laughs> we went from I Canadians to... <laughs> 
<laughs> all of that. To being grateful. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking too about how the stereotypes of the Aes Sedai are really important. In Funny the you should say that. Well. Is that what you were thinking about? <laughs> Funny you should say that. So actually, yes, because I was thinking how often the term witch is used to describe any woman who may be able to channel whether they can or not in the isn't Westlands. That, isn't that interesting, though, that they use that word? So that would yes. mean that, like, in their history, in their, you know, books, there have to be witches somewhere. Otherwise, they wouldn't know what that word means. Mm-hmm. So it's like... And to it see it as something... Like, yeah, to see it as something heretical like recipient of torture slash potential death kind of heretical behavior to be a witch so what I had been thinking about is how difficult for women who are able to have roles like wisdoms or healers or midwives how much more difficult is it to be that person and have that role in your community when so often there is this negative connotation of witch which is then associated with Aes Sedai which has like this almost rabid reaction mm -hmm. in cases when all you want to do is be the person who helps your village out. So in well, that it's case, so, like, it's fighting and it's so like, it's such a huge part of the Nynaeve origin story, you know, like yeah. having that chip on your shoulder, like that, that is Nynaeve story. basically. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really thought how deeply the term witch and how like it's it's almost through every nation where there's this distrust of Aes Sedai, mm -hmm. which then translates down into any woman who can do anything that seems a little bit unusual, like tell you it's going to rain, you know? And too, there's like the, it's like the we don't talk about Bruno effect. Have you seen Encanto? No. Okay, well, how, how about this? We'll, we'll listen to a word from our sponsors, who are us, and then we'll <laughs> go back to that. Momentary interruption, friends. Since we are not good at remembering to promote ourselves during the show, here's how you can keep the road to Tarvalin growing. First off, rate and review us wherever you listen to The Road to Tarvalin. This helps new listeners find the podcast. Listener support is available through Anchor. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month with amounts leading up to a generous $9.99 a month. Also, we have a new merch shop. Cozy Contorta was inspired by the books and characters we love, and it's not just Wheel of Time focused. Go check it out at Cozy Contorta on Instagram or find the link on our website via social media. Income means better equipment more content, and more opportunities to be able to grow our amazing community. We love you all and feel endlessly grateful to each of our listeners for joining us week after week on the road to Tarvalon. 
Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We felt like that was a funny part to like put our ad in. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I love it. Thank you, us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, us. So, okay. So, spoiler alert for Encanto. There's a brother in this family who has kind of like these premonitions where he can tell you like what's going to happen. But so often what he tells people are not what they want to hear. So he gets Mm -hmm. all of the blame. Like he's the bad omen. He's the Mm. one who's almost making this happen. And it's so similar to like Nynaeve because like she's like something's going on with the weather. Like I don't know. Like she has these feelings and anything that doesn't go right. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's this young wisdom's fault, you know, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. ostracizing for her. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, it's the Bruno effect, I'm going to call it. But I, I think that it's so important to her character and her storyline. And it's almost, what it's, a, it's one of the things from the show that they didn't quite touch on. Because mm-hmm. when Moraine shows up in the two rivers, it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's a nice die to love. Yeah. And there's only a yeah. handful of people who are like, I said I are bad. I said I are evil. I said I mean mm-hmm. bad things are coming. Don't talk mm-hmm. to her. Don't look at her, you know? And Nynaeve is one of them. Well, she's like the only one besides mm-hmm. like Rand, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, who's like, the sooner she's gone, the better. I'll be happy right. when I see the backs of them, you know? Yeah, they, they made they made Nynaeve's stereotypes against the Aes Sedai based on the fact mm-hmm. that they turned away her old wisdom, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I can get down with that. Nynaeve thinks that they're classist, but they're – it's most likely that the wisdom got turned away because she couldn't – channel mm-hmm. like so, wasn't strong enough yeah it's kind of like a dropped plot line i it was one that i'm not like i'm not really a big fan of no it was like kind of it felt kind of forced it didn't it feel didn't, it to me it did yeah like it, it doesn't encompass this wide sweeping stereotype of like they're witches you know, yeah. the stereotype was, that we're talking more, about right now. It was more uh, classist than it was based on power. But it's the power that makes them so frightening classist. to everybody. <laughs> they're cl- yeah, yeah, they're classist about your power level, like how strong you can channel. That's like yeah. – it. that in itself – Okay, here's probably an unpopular opinion. <laughs> um, channelers cannot control how much they can channel. It is innate. It is born with them. You know, mm-hmm. like you can't get any stronger to a certain point. Like that's just all you can do. So for the eyes that I to turn people away because it's just like, well, like you can't quite channel enough. Mm-hmm. Like we're sending you on your way. That's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, it feels wasteful. It does in a way. It does. It very much so feels wasteful. And... I mean, especially when you see later on, like once you get to the kin 
and you see what they're capable of doing, you're like, why aren't you guys doing this? This is what you should be doing. Right. They have a much better system. But turning away someone who... It's like, since it's born in them, is that like turning away someone who is like, well, your eyes aren't blue enough. Like, you can't yeah. join our group. Yeah. <laughs> like, bye. It is. It is. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous because, I mean, as we see, there are women who may not be considered strong by ice and eye standards, but they can do crazy things. Like, they're specialized at, like, one specific thing that they're really, really good at. Right, and right. In the some ways, effect. because... Yes, but also there's that one... There's that one Ken. I, I can't remember when we talked about her. It was probably last week or the week before. But she wants to become a yellow sister, and she had, like, freaked out during her testing for the shawl, and so she was set aside. But now she's been with the kin, and when she gets the opportunity, she was like, I want to go back. I want to be yellow Aja. Like, I still want to do that. That's right. what I've been still working on is learning mm-hmm. how to heal in various ways because, like – she wasn't restricted by what the Aes Sedai mm-hmm. told her she could or could not do. I mean, that also meant that she was learning a lot on her own. But, like, just like Nynaeve had an opportunity to learn. Yeah, that's how, like, great things happen when they're mm-hmm. not tower trained. Restricted. Because, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So I just, I feel as though, like you're saying, like, it's just, it's, Why? Why? I'm sure there's an argument argument to be made if you're looking at the White Tower, like, as a military. Because, like, obviously, like, if you... I'm just thinking about, like, our, like, our time. Like, mm-hmm. if you have something where you can't, like, you're, you physically can't do something... Like, mm-hmm. you can't join, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, if you can't run or something, like, how are you going to be a soldier if you can't fight, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like, no there's one, that no point No one would trust be, me for that. Right. There's that point to be made about the White Tower. Is it moral? Not really, but does it suit their needs? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not completely moral, but it's not illegal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yes, sadly, sadly, yes. Um, what I'm, what I'm thinking is, how often Moraine comes back to the thought that the tower is just so empty, you know, like the yeah. novice quarters yeah. are barely full. When she's like on her way between novice and accepted, I think she mm-hmm. said something about like there being a loss of twenty novices that were sent from the tower. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. we find out how often the Mistress of Novices has been Black Aja. So I think it's a a very obvious undermining of, Mm -hmm. like, White Tower authority by making it so that there are fewer and fewer novices, even if they could be useful. Because, I mean, they can link. Yeah, there's a level level of manipulation, and then there's a level Mm -hmm. of, like, pompous. Mm Mm-hmm so high on yourself that you don't even realize you're being manipulated Mm-hmm. yeah because i mean what's to say that like tower trained is the best way of being trained 
Because it's not. I mean, the wise right? ones have their own way of doing things. The the windfinders. I mean, we've got other channeling groups. So, hmm. meh. <laughs> well, I'm just th- like I'm. I'm kind of going back to the witch phrase and Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. and how that's like primarily like mainland. Westlands, because mm-hmm. I don't think that the Aiel, like they revere their wise ones. They, right, do not have a society that says, "You can do things. You are obviously a witch. You're bad." Right, and to their society, like in that case, it's more like matriarchal. Like the wise ones mm-hmm. are who you come to for guidance but they Mm -hmm. also make decisions and when they rule on their decision Mm -hmm. like that's what you gotta do you know what I Mm -hmm. mean so it's like they're very important and very revered where the Aes Sedai feel more secretive and political and you know out Mm -hmm. for their own causes where they don't feel like they're part of their community and the wise Mm -hmm. ones are like a foundation of Aiel culture so right. they aren't being like attacked in the same way. And I'd say Windfinders, so the Athan Mier, they also look at their woman who can channel and are like, You are a gift. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you Isn't that can do so amazing sad, things. Though? Like it's so sad. Like even it's if so someone was born with just a trickle, like I'm sure that there's something amazing that they could do that the normal person right. couldn't. So, yeah, it's it's truly unfortunate that that is the direction that it takes because there are so yeah. many better routes that could be taken instead. Sorry, I mean, they can still link. Like they can still link and do things that exactly. Way. So like exactly. In this case, a weak link is an okay thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Like, yeah. especially because you can expand using men and women. And even if you just mm-hmm. had those women or even men who could barely channel but could be used as a conduit in a circle, what couldn't they do? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's belt it's belter thinking. Don't waste things. Don't waste mm-hmm. people that could be useful. Keep them close. I was thinking by. of that too. I was thinking of the picture <laughs> of Anderson Station when he brought up wasteful. It's like we will not waste Fred Johnson. Good not. call. Good call. Don't waste don't waste those women who can channel. Right? It just, and I mean, there are so many, like, how can't they recognize the fact that in the Age of Legends, the best things happened between people who could channel and people who were also knowledgeable in ways that had nothing to do with channeling? So, in particular with healing, what's to say Nynaeve's herbs aren't enough to help with someone who can barely heal to still bring somebody back from a dangerous place? You know? Right. Like, Like, if... There's still possibility there. Right? Even if there was a yellow that could just barely channel, just barely ward off infection, like how important would that be? Especially during a battle. Yeah, they wouldn't have to use chewed up bread, that's for sure. (laughs) Some homemade penicillin. Spit bread. 
about to say, spit it out, Rain. <laughs> yeah. Pack that in your wound. Ugh. I mean, yeah. Ugh. I mean, how awesome would it be to have like just a just a. a this is becoming a, another sweat. one of our like, let's how bash much? on the White Tower moments. I don't even have Sorry. anything about the White Tower on my list either. But we've it's been so ta- funny yeah, how it's... it goes in that direction. Where did my list go? Oh, so often, so often, so often. It's hard not to. There's so much that does kind of just center on the White Tower being the White Tower, and there but are that's so why many. It's... That's why it's so fascinating because it's like exactly how, like how is this group managing to like pull all of this off and still like how are they still standing like just barely wow well, I, mean, they, I think that's that's just it is like they needed to be at a place where Elida could come in and like kick everything over because I mean let's face it Elida's like just barely above I don't know she's Moraine, not that Swan great and level of yeah Shannon. yeah like and the person who's most confident of her abilities is herself everyone else kind of seems to be like mm. yeah <laughs> and the black Aja is like yeah there's your puppet <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so I mean the White Tower needed to be fractured the way that it was to get to this to point where we can have. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think is really smart about the direction that Egwene had been wanting to take in as far as, like, opening up the various ways that different nations, cultures dealt with their they're women who could channel and of course at that time it's also going to have to be men who can channel because Sidene is clean now so yeah Egwene really came in and like make the white tower great again (laughs) (laughs) like I'm gonna clean it up I'm gonna drain the swamp oh gross why I think, though, I mean, I don't want to – I could talk about the White Tower. I mean, in perpetuity. <laughs> like, Obviously. forever and ever. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I really think is, like, worth exploring here. As far as the White Tower is concerned or as far as, like, topics? Just going back to what you said about the time of the books being written and mm-hmm. – today because mm-hmm. it's so like it's so hard to to like kind of recommend the wheel of time to people mm-hmm. because it's so like if you're looking for like books that are very diverse and right now there are much better options if you were to like recommend things right yes like yeah Yes. The Wheel of Time feels it almost uh, feels a Lord little outdated. Yeah, like it's it's it was needed at the time to make another transition to what fantasy and sci-fi mm-hmm. needed to be able to become. But right. 
if it's, it's like still... it's not really representative of like people today where it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah like there's like Moraine and Swan they're lesbians but like it's never like outright really said you know what I mean like no. if you read the they book don't and end you're up in the fan right if you read the book and you're really into the fandom and you're really like processing it and looking at it hard it's like oh duh like obviously but it's not like <laughs> it's not I don't think what some people are looking for when they are going uh-uh. to find a book that is more inclusive in that way. And it's hard to like recommend that to people sometimes. I've recommended the series so many times and people are like, "Yep. Man, I can't get through the first book. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. I've tried." I'm like, mm-hmm. I get it, I get it, I barely made it through right. the first book myself, but it's because I read the books, like, not long ago, yeah. so I needed about, I needed two books to have, like, my interest, like, peaked, and then I needed yeah. four books to be like, oh, I'm all in. I'm in. Like, I'm dedicated now. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think part of the difference is, too, is having time in between the books. Like, I read them as they came out. And so, like, there's a difference between reading it and then waiting a year to read the next one versus reading it and automatically diving into the book after it, which is what I mm-hmm. end up doing. Like, I don't, I don't really pause or take breaks. I just fly through it until I'm done yeah I don't know like I I'm sure that would have like changed my opinions on things Mm -hmm. but I'm also the type of person who can like take breaks in between series and I do it Mm -hmm. often I like to jump around and explore other things before I like burn through a series the wheel of time was just maybe one out of a couple series where i was like i can't do anything else in between like i have to get to the end (laughs) now i think like the wheel of time did that to me and the expanse did that to me but i still had to wait for books and the expanse yeah so yeah meh meh i get it meh one of the things that i had read over had to do with fane and shadar haran and that they were just kind of unnecessary and could have been, like, cut or comboed or something because they're just not that great as far as characters go or that necessary. And Well, Shadar Haran is, like, the voice of the Dark One, right? Like, he's the mouthpiece, kind of? I guess. Fane was kind of behaving like he was that guy for a while, though, too. And yeah, so was Fane... Shamael. Right. Well, Shamael just kind of like, I don't really feel like the Dark One was talking to him all that much. He was just like, I'm the coolest bad guy. <laughs> I'm going to like he, he inserted himself into what he thinks the Dark One wants, I guess. Mm hmm. But Padon Fane is just such a, like, he's such a strange creature that he, mm-hmm. I think he's completely 100% totally necessary to the story. Like, he's he's the bad guy that got kind of, like, dropped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was I, so much potential. 
I think that's that was the thing was like these were were dropped potentially dropped plot lines as well, like making the question of their necessity, like the way that it yeah, was that's... like kind of built up and then all of a sudden it was like and this is how this ends. Mm-hmm. So, I I feel that's... as though with go ahead go ahead please I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say like that's. I think like a problem for certain authors like because you have like the authors who are architects where they plan everything out in detail and then like they fill in the blanks and that's their story and then you have like gardeners who you know one thing starts to grow like a weed and you get this idea over here and that starts you know vining out in one direction but you still got a plot over here that you haven't touched for a while and you have to go back and forth and you have to wrap it all up in the end I don't know if Robert Jordan could have done that maybe Uh possibly we don't know we'll Mm -hmm. never know but then when Brandon Sanderson comes in like he just you know he took that like metaphorical weed whacker and was like all right we're like trimming (laughs) this up we're getting this done we're going over here we're digging that out and like Mm -hmm made it all come together mm-hmm. and I think too like that could have been a little bit jarring for some because it's like oh like pot on Bane gets this moment in the end where you felt like it should have been like three chapters long mm-hmm. but it was like oh like that Pages. happens okay and then like on to the next mm-hmm. that was what needed to be done to finish mm-hmm. the story I feel yeah. but that's like the problem right like that's the same the dropped plot line problems like how do you navigate your way back to that it's also I feel as though like something that George R.R. Martin has a big problem with because he gets sidetracked on like so many things and like and you're reading it you're like oh my gosh at all right well like I think like the story the garden just kind of like got a little bit out of hand and then like mm-hmm. how do you how do you rein it back in how do you rein it back in exactly herbicide <laughs> Liter- literacy herbicide or something Just yeah I mean, I mean really how, good editing. how tragic would it be you know to like love these characters like they're real people and have to right. kind of like cut things mm-hmm. out that you feel like need to be said about them it's just it's hard it's hard but it's also like a like, a thing of genius. Like, yeah. when some authors can, like, wrap that storyline back around and make it work. I mean, Robert Jordan has done it with many, many plot lines in The Wheel mm-hmm. of Time where it's like, I didn't see that coming. That was beautiful. Okay, back to unpopular opinions. Fane and Shadar My- mm-hmm. that, that was where we were. That they could have been dropped, like, altogether, and it wouldn't change too much, maybe. I think dropping Fane would... I don't think that that would be an agreeable change for most of the audience. (laughs) You know, like, he's he's exactly the right person for what he does and how he does it. Mm -hmm. It's just that towards the end, it's like... I almost forget about him. Kind of went out with a fizzle and not with a bang. Yeah, yeah. With a whimper. (laughs) What what is it that the... I'm melting, I'm melting! You know, like just an off 
away mm-hmm. he goes. It's just it's it's an it's a fun ending. It just doesn't feel like the right ending. Yeah. And I think that was like the the thing that the person was getting at and like I, I think with Shadar Haran, I think is the one that was like we could he probably can get the just... chop. I don't care too much about this guy. Mm-mm. He's a bit intimidating, but he sounds basically like a murdral. And yeah. they could have used like any murdral, which may have been even creepier if they just did it like the murdral shows up, he opens his mouth, and the dark one's voice comes out. You know, mm-hmm. like implying that the dark one can just control anything to be his anything. mouthpiece. Uh- Right, I like that as well. That'd be much creepier I mean, than weirdo. Yeah, it's like momentary possession. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. And the Madral just stands there afterwards and waits. <laughs> Checks his watch. Yep. How long have re- I been out? <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna reply anytime soon? Cause uh, I got Trollocs <laughs> to uh, wrangle. Make up your mind, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be fun so yeah i liked those were things that i thought were really interesting there was a one like phrase that kind of jumped out to me about uh a phrase about cultural harshness and its representation in the wheel of time and i was thinking about that and how some of it is inflicted and some of it is just part of how you live. So like with the sail mistresses and the wind finders, wind finders who can channel generally are like, I'm going to live for a while, but there's a very real possibility that I won't live for very long. Like their job is really dangerous there's a lot mm-hmm. that they have to do to get to that position in the first place. It's not an easy path, and it's one that comes along with prestige and respect, but it also comes along with a high mortality rate. So mm-hmm. what they go through, they accept from the moment that they like step on the ship, really. Yeah, I think like... I. I want to say that it's valid, though, because, like, this harshness, this very rigid set of rules and everything is usually in place to, like, keep people alive. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. if you're one of these people that, like, crab fishes in Alaska or something and you're in these harsh environments and stuff and you're on the boat, like, you do what the captain says. Like, you don't, like play around like Mm -hmm. there are reasons to have very strict rules in some occasions and as far as like the wind finders go there's also this almost I I don't want to say competition Mm. but there is this divide between the white tower and the wind finders because the wind finders are keeping a secret yeah. You know, mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the White Tower mm-hmm. that their women can channel. Spoiler alert. This is a full spoiler episode, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, the harshness, I feel like, from the sea folk need – I don't know if it needs any, to be explained, but it's just – 
it's there for reasons, you know, mm-hmm. and despite those reasons being like not nice, you know, right? Like not mm-hmm. it's needed for their culture to survive. It's a it's a reaction to the environment they live in. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't, don't... want to say like it's right. Like, Mm-mm. oh, like it's so like nice of you to do, but at the same time, it's like I understand why. Mm-hmm. And they control like all of the trade in the Westlands. So like, what are you gonna do like to keep the economy of mm-hmm. that whole continent going? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you there's plenty to... throughout the books that show there is access to massive amounts of wealth when it comes to being at the top for this the the. I almost said Shantan, for the top of the sea folk. Like, they wear fancy stuff. They like jewelry. Their parasols and whatnot. Exactly. It does somewhat mimic or kind of like mirror the Omerlin seat when you have the, um, what's the head? I forget the name, the title of like the head sea folk woman who's like, they're the... all so similar. Is it the mistress of the ships? I want to say so. I'm not 100% sure, but I think you're right. Where, like, they're, you know, like, the the first, the highest clan chief of, like, the highest clan with the biggest boat and the most people working underneath her yeah etc like Mm -hmm. many tiered parasol all of that but it's kind of like a mirror to the omerlin seat where there's so many similarities as well where they could kind of like point fingers at each other but they're kind of like you're kind of the same you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there is this like slight hostility between the two cultures groups nations of people Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do without the sea folk? Like, you can't just tell them to, like, F off because they are needed. If they went mm-hmm. on strike or something, like, the, the economy of the world stops. Yeah, they're the best at what they do. There's right. really There's really not a downside in some ways. Like, if you decided on a life other than being part of your your clan it would probably feel really pale in comparison which is maybe why all of the sea folk women who can channel who are then chosen and go to the tower i think they always go into the brown aja i think you're right yes yeah just hanging out doing research (laughs) secrets 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 I'm trying to think of some more unpopular <laughs> opinions or even just opinionated opinions where it's like very like almost one-sided. Hmm. A lot of people hate the circus, the menagerie chapters. Yeah. I like them. But I like them. I just like Brigida and Elaine and I think they're hilarious, so that didn't like bother me too much. A lot of people hate the Shido parent plot. They don't think that that one is very... That it could be shortened or just, like, taken out. Shortened. 
I actually I, I like agree it. With shortened. I like it. I think as as a plot motivator, as a development for Perrin, I thought it was actually really good, but I think it should have been much faster. Like you almost lose what's happening in this morose traversing to find Fayil. I my favorite part of the Shido capture chapters is finally having Fayil's point of view. I mm. think her character suffers from being narrated through the eyes of Perrin almost mm. the entire book. And it's not until she has her own point of view where you're like, oh, like I like I feel for her now. Like I'm understanding her and I don't think she's a bad person. I think their relationship is a little bit like toxic in ways, but I feel like most a lot of that toxicity is coming from the point of like Perrin not communicating with her and just like relying on smelling her. We've talked about this before. (laughs) Quit sniffing her. Stop sniffing me. So yeah, it's like a it's like boundaries, boundaries. Mm -hmm. But I personally like I kind of like that story between. How much she's affected, and she's kind of got like Stockholm syndrome from Roland, this Shido that captures her, mm-hmm. and then kind of like secretly works to like make her life not so miserable while she's captured. Yep. Yeah. And her having these like very hard feelings, trying to navigate what she's feeling, and if it's right and if it's Mm -hmm. wrong and Mm -hmm. I I felt like that was a really interesting plot like that wasn't something that I saw coming Mm -mm. but I enjoyed it I did same Mm -hmm. it was complicated it It was was a complicated complicated. place for her to be like nothing about being there felt right and so she did the only things she knew how to do to be able to survive she found her tools. She used her skills. And she was unwavering in the protection of her people. And that's where I like that's I stand true. firmly be- behind Fayil. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I, in this moment, like right when all of that happens and she's, you know, more gazes there. And oh my God, like, I'm just like, yeah, like I, I was wrong, you know, like I was wrong to like not like you like now I see who she is as a person like the depths of her soul I'm like she's good like look at her like any other person could have just been like you know what like deuces I'm not gonna go through (laughs) with all of this stuff to like try and protect a serving woman Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's not who Fayil is and I think Mm -hmm. like a lot of people that hate her I don't know like I, I can understand when someone's not your cup of tea but I give I give props, respect to Fayil, especially in those moments. And I think that for me was interesting because I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think about her parents, like Davram. God, what is his wife's name? I hate mm. it when I can't remember names. Yeah, Lady Bashir. Yeah. <laughs> she's a badass like they may have 
a different way of expressing themselves and getting their communication across. But the way that Davram and his wife behave with each other is just, it's kind of adorable. And she's like, I can take care of myself. And he's like, I know, dear. I love you for that. Yeah. Seems kind of sweet. There's also, too, like, when we were talking about how, like, all of the nations and whatnot have their own little quirks. Mm-hmm. Like, Saldea falls into that, like, weirdo category where it's like, wait, you do what? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you just, like, smack each other around. Like, okay, like, this is some, like, odd, like, flirting ritual. Right, courting like, ritual. I don't... It's okay. Yeah, and, like, for me, like, I can't wrap my head around it. But, like, for uh-uh. them, it's, like, totally normal. Yeah. You know? So, Expected. like, is it... Right, expected even. So, like, at what point do I draw the line where I'm like, this is just wrong or, like, this is your culture <laughs> and you can't do it anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> like, yes, we yes. tame that just a little bit? Like, how do we <laughs> bring it down a notch, Saldea? I no, don't know that's... if that's something, like, the show is going to even try and do. I mm-hmm. doubt it. That That actually touches on that whole cultural harshness. Like... Mm-hmm what is okay what is not okay do you tell someone this isn't what you do because to you it seems wrong but if this is what everyone else around you in your culture does and it's expected and this is what you know this is Mm -hmm. how you live everything else would seem really foreign to you so it's it's same thing with the tinkers yeah everything is a tinkers everything is a discussion what do you want from your society kind of thing? And it's like but how bland kind of would, it out. Yeah, how bland would the Wheel of Time be if, like, these all Very. these different nations and cultures, like, didn't have, like, weird things to talk about? Right. Like if, the, if the Tinkers didn't want to dance the... To Zenga? To Ganza. Or to Ganza? <laughs> to Zenga. To Zenga! <laughs> <laughs> And the, mm. what's mm. the, Saldeans have the Sasara, I think. Yeah, I mean, it takes me back to even the Faldarans, like, the baths and stuff, and, like, mm-hmm. Rand getting all, like, scared because this, the serving women, the, I forget what they're called, the ladies that come up and, like, give them the new clothes, mm-hmm. they're like, change now, mm-hmm. take everything off, and Rand is like, nudity i can't oh my god and they're like you really don't have time for this like just drop your drawers (laughs) and how like you know like is it expected should you be expected for the other culture to change if you feel uncomfortable or you should go along with it or should they recognize you're uncomfortable and like change their ways like it's very Mm -hmm. it's the snake eating its tail so (laughs) leave it at that yeah i i think it's a really interesting question i think it shows up several times throughout various cultures that i hadn't really thought of and i i that is one of the best things about the series it doesn't have to be the same thing every time you come back to it and i love that like even getting people who don't like things that i like or finding people to agree with who have things that they don't like that i don't like too like It's nice. If something can create a conversation and something can be like, I would make it better, I'm down. I'm down. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. It's also interesting, too, though, when you think about it, because, like, in an attempt to update it, mm-hmm. you're going to mm. lose some of those quirks that are worth talking about. Having... And I think that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's an interesting concept. And, well, I mean, I'm sure there will be people who will hate it. Like, oh, they didn't make the, you know... They didn't do this with Malkier, like the Saldeans, like they don't even smack each other. What the heck? Like, <laughs> you know, but I can understand one way, like it's something that makes discussions so easy to have about these books and the series. Mm-hmm. Like we can talk for hours about it, but at the same time, it's also a little bit like little sus you know like do we like do we need that like I don't know (laughs) I think one of the things that comes to mind when we go through this series is how often throughout history there are certain legends that are created through literature in one way or another that continue to have an impact for a long period of time. And part of that impact comes from people who see it as something valuable and want to add on to it or flip it in some way or another. And I think that that is, I think that's maybe the valuable thing about having someone come back and read it now and be like, I would do this. Like the way that we do it, because it's a conversation starter. It's something that gives us room for our imagination to become something else. And that's what centuries of people have done with stories over and over again. And I think that that's lovely because stories can go anywhere. This is fiction. Nothing stops us from having a boundary to it except us. So... I like that. I want to see how creative people can become with things like that because that's how you create something into more than just a a book series that's massive and people don't necessarily want to get into. You create a cool TV series. You create movies to go around it. Yeah, hats off to the whole team that's trying to make the series like I Mm -hmm. there are things that I did not particularly love but at the same time like I don't I would not have the confidence Mm -hmm. to stand up in front of a bunch of executives and be like I'm going to make the wheel of time (laughs) books into a tv show Mm -hmm. and they're like cool have fun with that you've got eight episodes (laughs) you know what I mean like how you're gonna piss everyone off somehow you know mm-hmm. what I mean like you're not gonna get it all in there so like there in are... this case the important thing is getting it started making it happen and making it better that's what they need to do and I feel like that's the goal true but there's always the question of like who has the right idea of what makes it better (laughs) that makes sense no it does but see that's that's another thing that is worth pointing out because then you do open up a dialogue to 
this is how it was done. This is how another person saw it. This is how I see it. And so I feel like even if you don't agree with certain things that are happening, hopefully you're at least talking about why you don't agree with it. And maybe that right. creates another God, something. I would just, I would just love to know, you know, like what the original material was, mm. what was potentially changed due to like maybe Amazon thinking like, okay, like this wouldn't, this didn't like hit the targets right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like people, mm-hmm people weren't sure about this plot point like it didn't make sense yeah like it's it's got to be so hard it's got to be so hard right I mean hats off seriously they're gonna I mean they're gonna give us something to talk about that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) yes without a doubt I oof should we wrap it up there I think, yeah, yeah. That's sounds okay. good to me. Just a special shout out and thanks to our amazing patrons. You guys are amazing. And thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.